Last weekend, the publisher and owner of the National Business Review, New Zealand's biggest weekly business newspaper and most read news website dedicated to business, told Media Watch that he'd decided he no longer wants contributions from political and business consultants for hire. Todd Scott told Media Watch those paid to push a point of view, in his words, might damage the integrity of the NBR and do a disservice to the more than 5,000 people and businesses who pay to subscribe to it. Now, Todd Scott took control of the NBR five years ago after serving as the chief executive and previously having been the sales chief, he bought out the long-time publisher of the NBR, Barry Coleman. And while the printed paper doesn't sell as well as it used to these days, the NBR is now getting a lot more money in from its online operation than it was five years ago because now it's behind a paywall. Only subscribers who pay $35 a month can see the NBR's exclusive content online, which now also includes new video and audio every day. Now, for most of his time in charge, Todd Scott's been a pretty behind-the-scenes kind of operator at the NBR. But recently, he's become a lot more visible and vocal, almost as much, in fact, as he was during his earlier career as a radio host and, in the late 1990s, the guy who did the lotto draw on TV2 alongside Hilary Timmons. Todd Scott was in the headlines last month when he suddenly canned the NBR's weekly column by Sir Robert Jones. Having published a supposedly satirical piece suggesting Māori should be grateful to Pākehā for the benefits of colonisation, NBR pulled the controversial piece from its website and then decided to drop his columns altogether. And afterwards, Todd Scott sent this message on Twitter to his own reporters. Note to the NBR newsroom, drop the satire and cartoons and focus on business news you can use. Mainstream media deliver entertainment, let's stick to the serious stuff. And Todd Scott's subsequent decision to cut lobbyists as columnists was also announced to his reporters on Twitter like this. Update to newsroom, member subscribers trust and respect the integrity of NBR. It's you they trust to cut through the PR crap, misinformation and -and out-and-out lies in search of the truth. Now that decision followed a controversial column in the NBR by political commentator and lobbyist Matthew Hooten, which was highly critical of former National Party Minister Stephen Joyce. Critical enough, in fact, for Stephen Joyce to instruct his lawyers to write to the NBR and threaten to sue. Now, in comments to the media and more posts on Twitter, Todd Scott said he would defend any legal action brought against NBR and he was backing the writer that he'd just cut out of his own paper. And this week, he criticised the two news outlets, which revealed the contents of that legal letter from Stephen Joyce, again on Twitter. And all this followed another Twitter salvo back in February, which was aimed at the advertising agencies who place ads in the NBR and take commissions. NBR no longer offers ad agency commissions. As a result, agencies are boycotting the NBR. Subscription revenue is the most ethical and reliable way to fund a newsroom. It's time for the agencies to wake up. Your gravy train reign is over. Now, the common thread in all this bullishness is Todd Scott's insistence that all this is in the service of his paying subscribers, which he says are now the critical source of revenue for the news media as advertising dwindles and comes with more strings attached. He says he aims to double the number of NBR subscribers in the foreseeable future. So I asked him, is that really achievable or sustainable? Not at all. Um, bold is a hundred thousand, which is um, was, which is ultimately where I see us being able to get uh, eventually. Uh, we got to knock over ten thousand first, and we're averaging about 10, uh, 10 net subscribers, ten net online subscribers every day, and so we'll comfortably get to ten thousand within eighteen months. I've got hundreds of thousands of dollars that have been uh, invested into a new website uh, that gets launched on uh, in, in June. Uh, so I expect that we'll pick up some momentum toward the goal of ten thousand subscribers um, with. Uh, 
uh, with that investment. Uh, look, it's uh, the belief is that if we can get to 10,000, and I know we can, focusing on business, then to get to 30, we need to broaden uh, that appeal. And we'll do that by, by getting people exclusively behind the paywall. So those journalists and contributors that people respect and rely on the only way they'll get access to those people is behind the paywall at MBR. And the, and the reason that they will come and work for us is because they've got a job to do for our member subscribers and they appreciate that job without any commercial restraints, such as sponsorship or advertising. Well, there must be a, um, a kind of plateau, though, isn't it, on, on the number of people in, in the New Zealand market that would pay for business news. I and mean, if you talk about 100,000, you know, 20 times as many as you've got now, uh, you're talking about, you know, almost hitting the, uh, the sales figures for the, the biggest newspaper in the country. Um, do, you, do you really think you can get that many people paying for business news? Or if you were going to be that broad, would you have to, you know, diversify your range of offerings, get into other types of news? Absolutely, the latter. Um, look, I believe that we can get to 10,000 very comfortably focusing on business news, and that's what our objective is. I don't want to go broadening the appeal of our content until we've hammered home that 10,000, because I believe at that point we're, we will be the undisputed champion of business news in New Zealand at 10,000. It's very achievable. We're going to knock it off in the next 18 months, and then we'll go after the 30,000. To get the 30,000, we'll need to broaden. A new website in June, that sounds interesting. Will some of that uh, come into play for that? Were they actually changing the range of content or is this just a presentation sort of issue? Well, look, over the years we've added uh, a number of different elements to our offering and uh, this is the first time that we'll sit down uh, from ground up a separate uh, website with a separate service so everything's being worked on along the side of what we've already got uh, and it will be purpose built um, you know when we introduced audio three years ago uh, we didn't quite know how that was going to fit into our uh, into our platform when we interview, uh, int- introduced MBR View uh, at the beginning of uh, last year we didn't quite know how that was going to fit in it's fitting in very well and we've found a way that we can uh, implement that in a, in a more simplistic um, technically friendly way, if you will. Yeah, NBR View, for those who don't know, is is the video element of the NBR site. So, for example, you've got Simon Dallow, who's a familiar face uh, from TVNZ and the news there. <clears throat> I guess he, he comes down the road and, and, and does interviews uh, for you, along with others like Susan Wood, for example, another familiar face from television. Um, is this paying off? Because, you know, this does take time and money, although it's not as expensive as television. Well, firstly, I'd say uh, not everything that counts can be counted and not everything that can be counted counts. So I'd put that out there. Does that mean not that many people are watching your videos or listening to your audio? it, It means to me it's not as important as the need to provide a complete solution to a problem that our member subscribers have, and that's access to timely, relevant, useful and insightful business news. Now, if that's text, if it's, uh, if it's audio, if it's visual, we will deliver it and not be too concerned about the numbers in each of those. But are you putting this focus on the subscribers for the source of source of income and the paywall? Absolutely. But is that because you, you fear the dependence on advertising because you think it might dry up, that it's a, it's a business decision? Or are you worried about um, other things like there's too much you know, potential compromise in it that it skews the nature of, of your coverage? Or, you know, better do this issue because it might get us more advertising from, for example, insurance companies or something like that. Great example is Fuji Xerox and, and Ernst & Young. Um, MBR exposed the massive fraud that was going on at uh, at Fuji Xerox. They were one of our biggest clients for for display advertising. Yes. Mm. 
Okay, and at the moment, you're in something of a dispute with ad agencies over um, commissions. Is this, again, part of you trying to demonstrate uh, independence from, you know, the current structures of advertising and the agencies they use? Colin, I think between yourself and the audience that is listening right now, you're all overwhelmingly better informed about MBR than many of the people that represent our brand to sell. They are not qualified, many of them, to represent that brand, and they sure as heck shouldn't be earning money from it. Now, I'm not saying everybody, because there are some very good people, but there are some very ill-informed people uh, who are doing a poor job of representing MBR, so we've just called them out and said, please don't represent us anymore, uh, because if it's an issue for you that you don't make money from us, then we'd suggest you went back to your client and were more honest about that. Look, we know who the clients are. They're our clients. They're not the media agency's clients. They've always been our clients. We know who they are. They've dealt with us for many years. They insist on being on the advertising schedule. The agencies try to beat us down on price. They do it to all media. We're just strong enough to stand up to them. Oh, so you're worried about them either reducing the price you get or clipping the ticket on what you can do for the clients directly? Yes, when we're being misrepre- misrepresented in the marketplace. Have you always you know, gone into media with the idea of you know, wanting to be a publisher, an owner, um, and being able to direct a business like this? Not at all, and I would say I'm probably the worst CEO, and uh, you know, and, and I'm certainly not a, a sales manager. I'm not a CEO. I, you know, a, a bit like um, uh, um, Rod Drury. I think you know, uh, I'm not necessarily the best person for the job going forward. But I'm certainly a person that has a passionate belief in what needs to be done, uh, and I believe in doing it. And it's 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 so much easier to do when I don't have shareholders. Um, you know, my uh, head of technology, Chris Keel, tweeted the other day: "It's not your dad's MBR. It's not M- it's not Barry Coleman's MBR." It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a new wave. You know, it's a, we've got a job to do, and it's very different to the job that was expected of us many years ago. And I mean, you, you actually used to be in sales, though, right? You, you yes, I did. Yes, you, I, you, I, I made, I made, you know, I, I made a bit of money out of it, and uh, I had the privilege of uh, representing many hundreds of businesses. And my attitude back then was no, not too dissimilar to my attitude now, which is why I was very successful in it. So that, that gives you a sort of inside view, doesn't it, on how media businesses um, are built from, I think <laughs> from the finance un- up? I think you've just got to understand the job you've been employed to do. Um, and, and we're all employed to do a job, and, and, but not necessarily the obvious paymaster. Um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a job that needs to be done. People need to be able to rely on, 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 a, on, a, on a, a media company that unashamedly delivers what needs to be delivered without worrying too much about the commercial aspects of that. And we do that with confidence because we're funded by member subscribers. And part of your other media background and experience is actually on screen, isn't it? You um, (laughs) used to do the lotto. Congratulations to all tonight's winners. Our scrutineers will be checking those numbers and confirm results to be available later on TV too. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, one of my favourite parts of the end of the show. I knew it by heart because I was, I'll tell you something that not many people know. I'm actually petrified of reading out aloud. And uh, so, you know, presenting Lotto wasn't a, wasn't a big deal, but, uh, you know, I, I packed my pants every Saturday night when, that, uh, <laughs> when, when the TV went live and uh, I had to read from an auto queue. Look, it was, um, it was fun. Uh, I had, uh, I, had, I think, it, uh, 10 years uh, involved in uh, in radio sales, uh, six years um, behind the microphone, uh, and uh, about 10 years on and off in uh, television doing a, a few bits and bobs. But uh, I rather like uh, being behind the scenes these days. Um, in fact, you know yourself that um, I'm not easy to get to interview. Uh, 
and uh, you know, like I, you know, we we now have, or I now have, uh, the privilege of having many, many stars that I'd rather put forward than myself. And Wikipedia also says you used to be a, a decorated butcher. Yes, I uh, left school at the tender age of fifteen, I think it was, to do the butchery trade and then get into the navy as a chef. But I got a little bit sidetracked when I won. Uh, North Island, New Zealand Butcher of the Year, I think it was 1987 or something like that. And actually my rationale with with staying with butchery as opposed to going into a restaurant, right or wrong, was that uh, if you have a favourite butcher, you'll always go back there. But if you have a favourite restaurant, you won't always go back there. That was Todd Scott, the publisher of the NBR, talking to me there about why he believes that paying subscribers and paywalls are the key to success in publishing.